Come on. Peace of my heart. Come on. You are listening to 101.9 CITR FM in Vancouver. This is the Ink Stud Show, the radio show where we talk about comics. It's a little past two right now. It's about four minutes past two. We were just listening to, what was it, Big Brother and the Holding Company? Featuring uh, Janis Joplin. Featuring, featuring Janis, the Chipmunks. Yes. Uh, yeah, Janis Joplin on speed instead of Southern Comfort. And Smack. And Smack. Yeah. A little more uh, action for that one. Um, today we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Luke Meat. Hello. The host of the uh, radio show A Noise. A Noise? That's correct, sir. A Noise. Um, it's on, what, 11.30 till 1 every Wednesday? That's correct. But we're not here to plug my show. We're here to talk about... Comics and music. Yes. And uh, basically comic artists that have done record covers for... Very, very good albums and very, very bad albums. And I think we started off there with a questionable record. And uh, because I think one one of the first topics I wanted to get into with you two, actually, is how there's so many comic artists that have done record record jackets and stuff. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But how kind of misrepresentative the music that the actual comic artists listen to versus the art, the bands that they kind yeah. of represent and i know and of course um like in case anybody doesn't know that was off the cheap thrills album which uh was done by janice joplin big brother and holding company and robert crumb uh did the artwork for it we're still in the jury's still out on whether that is like one of the first commercial uh albums where a comic artist did the actual artwork for it yeah the, there we could mention you know all the old mad albums that they used to do or that's Stuff true. Like that. Those were not as you know. I mean, I think as I think commercial. I think Janice and Big Brother sold a hell of a lot more albums than the Mad Magazine. Unfortunately, did, so that's true. And I believe in the movie Crumb, didn't Crumb say that he never even got paid for this and they kept his artwork? Aw, wouldn't surprise me. I Love can't you, remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I know for a fact that I mean, Robert was always associated. Robert Crumb was always associated with the hippie movement, even though he hated the music. Yeah, he was just there for the drugs and the women. But which he didn't do either of, I thought. Well, he enjoyed the, the, the LSD. He did a little LSD. Really? I thought he said he only did it once and it just made him draw the elongated noses and the big feet and that was well, it. Just once? Colin, you're the expert here. I don't know. <gasps> Colin doesn't know. So today, we're meant talking about there, there's a whole gambit of different examples of the uh, fusion between comics and music. So, you know, from one spectrum, we have a really great comic artist doing. A terrible album, but the cover is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have anything from modern kind of experimental comic artists doing album covers that kind of set a standard for a certain genre, which I'll get into later, mm -hmm. um, to the whole early 90s, late 80s alternative comic movement with uh, Dan Klaus and Pete Pegg doing a bunch of stuff, uh, a bunch of different album covers for some pretty interesting stuff. Okay, so what's topic the first, sir? Topic the first, well, you have a stack of stuff there. I see. Let's uh, let's let's kind of go through it, kind of uh, over time. So, well, let's see here. We got like we said, we started off with cheap thrills, and um, we've got a wonderful back issue of uh, the Comics Journal number one fifty nine. Thank you to Don back. King. Thanks, Don, and uh, all the way back to May nineteen ninety three. And it features exactly what we're talking about here. Um, and there's a lot of artists, I'm afraid, I'm not the comic aficionado, you two are. I'm the music guy, so you may want to talk me through this. Of course, you've got your typical Grateful Dead kind of uh, in the birds, like your psychedelia. 60s psychedelia yeah. kind of thing. But um, the first time I ever kind of took notice of comic art in music was obviously in the early 90s when the grunge scene kind of took off. And uh, when Peter Bag, like you said, Peter Bag and Dan Klaus uh, started, you know, kind of being associated with that kind of scene. And like I said, though, Peter Bag, Dan Klaus, not the biggest grunge fans in the world. However, they well, have done record jackets for Tad, um, the Headcoats, the Super Suckers, like really, really, really good bands. And, um, you know, and the thing is, is that they actually are in their own, they're in their own musical groups, too. Which is kind of cool. Well, Pete Bag is and Robert Crumb is. Unfortunately, uh, Colin owns a Robert Crumb record, but it plays on 78 only. So we're kind of hooped for playing it here because we don't have a gramophone. But I mean, even as they say in the movie Ghost World, actually, like it's kind of an inside joke with us nerds here. But uh, Thor is flipping through the records and she takes out a Robert Crumb album and goes, "Oh, is this any good?" And and uh, and, and Steve Buscemi goes, "No, no, you don't want that one." 
and, was, and like and and it's and I mean I think like you know anyone in the underworld of the comic fandom kind of thing kind of went oh yeah all right and, you know like like that kind of thing is it have you ever heard Robert's Robert Crumb's music Colin I've seen him play live and and he kind of in plays France. and he plays like ragtime kind of. Yeah, he uh, moved to France oh, well, a long time ago now, and he managed to find a group of French musicians who shared an interest in blues and roots and early folk music that, that he loves, that he has an obsession with the blues. Uh, if anyone's seen the uh, movie Crumb, they'll know about the care and attention he put into moving his immense collection of wax 78s and 45s from California to France. And yeah, I, I saw him play the, I think, what, the ukulele? It was very strange because he's a rather tall, gangly man and he just sort of wrapped himself around this little tiny instrument like a spider and played. But it, it was after that gig, actually, it was the first time I think I've ever seen Robert Crumb genuinely happy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> was after that gig. Music soothes the savage beast. The savage comic artist. Yeah, yes. I mean, if, it, if anybody knows Robert Crumb's work, they know he has a loathing of all things modern, mm -hmm. particularly music. Mm -hmm. which, uh, which I've noticed is something that's a reoccurring thing among comic artists. Um, more and more is a lot kind of get obsessed with that older aesthetic when you look at, like, Seth. Um, you know, Danny Clowes is a little more into the older stuff, isn't he? Uh, mm -hmm. Chris Ware is fanatical about ragtime. In fact, he does a whole zine, the ragtime... I can't remember the rest of the name. The Pyramidalist? Uh, it's long words, and I've been in school today. But it's almost like the 20th century romanticism kind of thing, almost, yeah. where they kind of have like this longing to be in an era that was more simpler, I think. Well, they, and, uh, they believe was, no, believe was uh, an era they believe was more simple and more decent basically. Mm. That never really existed except in their own minds, I think. Now, you got this magazine here. Let's talk about some of the artists that okay. we have in there. Well, let's see. Um, well, of course, we've got, of course, Peter Bag and whatnot, you know. Um, wow. Walt Disney? Walt Disney did an album cover. The Dickies. <laughs> Suka's over Disneyland. This is some good stuff. Um, let's Something see. tells me that wasn't Walt. Yeah, exactly. One of my favorites, I've known about this one for a really long time, one of my favorite artists, actually, Mort Drucker, doing uh, Anthrax State of Euphoria, uh, featuring a wonderful caricature of the band. I, I can just see Mort Drucker being huge into Anthrax. <laughs> totally. <you know? laughs> All those boys! You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, um, you got to keep see. in mind that most of the time, the cartoonists, the reason they do these things is they're getting paid. Now, they don't have to like the music. Okay, we've also got... We'll get to that, and I want to cover that, actually, in a, in a second. But we've got Jamie Hernandez doing the best of Dr. No, which is one of... Dr. No, one of the best, uh, you know, darker punk rock bands of all time. Better, best known for their tribute to the band called The Mentors. The song is called Fist Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we got, discretion we got, is uh, we got Ralph Steadman. Yeah, the following sentence should not have been heard by younger people. Uh, we got Ralph Steadman doing uh, Nils uh, uh, Lofgren, uh, Lofgren's Crooked Line. Ralph uh, Steadman, for people that aren't, don't know, he's the guy who basically does all the art for uh, Hunter S. Thompson stuff. Yes, and uh, most famous for the uh, Fear and Loathing uh, drawings and whatnot. Uh, J.D. King doing uh, The Penetrators. Uh, really, really cool kind of uh, cartoons kind of thing. Um, Robert Williams, bo best known for his very, very beyond psychedelic, you know, on <laughs> psychedelia say, on acid. I guess you know. I would say it's it. more of a mescaline induced. Yeah, exactly. You know, but uh, but that was Chrome Smoke and Fire, um, and that's a compilation on Hot Rod Records. Very, very good stuff. Savage Pencil, no stranger to uh, the music scene. Uh, done a lot of gig posters and whatnot with uh, the Headache EP by Big Black. And um, yeah, we can get back. We can get back into some stuff. How about we go to some music here? Actually, if I can request something, yeah. um, track three on this wonderful album, and uh, it kind of epitomizes the uh, the old Seattle scene. And it had something to do with what Peter Bag based uh, a lot of the uh, like the issues uh, of hate eight uh, number eight, number nine, and number ten. Leonard and Love Gods. This is uh, he did the art artwork for this as well on the seven inch. This is Tad um, with Wood Goblins. Already.
CITR 101.9 FM. This is Ink Studs, the radio show about comics. Uh, if you want to call in and say something that we're not saying about comic artists doing record covers, the phone number here is 604-822-2487. Now, that was Tad that we put on because the 7-inch had uh, artwork by the lovely Pete Bag, Peter Bag. Probably the by. most, I would say, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say probably the, the most associated with Seattle music scene comic artist. The only. Would you, would you disagree? or? Well, I think that at one point it looked like Peter Bagg was going to become like the, his art cartoon style was going to be the grunge cartoon mm -hmm. style. I mean, I have a set of home of grunge pencils. <laughs> illustrated with figures by Peter Bag. Wow. And um, that's partially my fault actually. Right. Yeah, oh, tell I know that story. Tell yeah, that, yeah. please. I, I was at a I was at a party at Fantagraphics one year and Peter Bag was asking me about my comics cuz uh, he knew that I did comics about Vancouver and he asked me how important I thought it was that you establish your comic in in a place in a particular place and I said well you know yeah uh, you should really take advantage of it the whole grunge things just starting to happen and the eyes of the world are on Seattle and here you are and so he started the whole um, grunge storyline in uh, hate which went which which apparently the, the sales shot up but the intelligence level of the letters he was receiving went down and eventually he had to move the whole cast to New Jersey just to get away from it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's something to be said about the comic reading uh, scene and the music listening scene, I guess. You know what I mean? As soon as you, as soon as you meld the two uh, works together, definitely I would say I've met a hell of a lot more intelligent comic people than I have music people. So I was going to ask, who are more obsessive and strange, uh, music fans or comic fans oh boy it depends on what scene i mean comics are comics i guess you know what i mean i, 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 I forgive me if i'm wrong forgive me if i'm wrong but i mean i think comic collectors fit into a certain genre like i mean is there just like one 
a guy who just collects one thing. Oh yeah. And then that's it. You yeah. know, like I mean, you you talk about in the music world. You know, you've only got your punk rock guys who are obsessed with like these weird. I, mean, I want to find the Deep Wound seven inch. You know, that only five hundred were made, and and I'm willing to pay this much. There's for some that little store in Germany that has a copy. And exactly. I'm going you know to fly to Germany as to get uh, that. as comic artist Evan Dorkin so beautifully drew the the one skinhead dude. Uh, it's just this angry skinhead oi guy or no angry skinhead dude, and, and he's just wearing a t-shirt that just said. Some oi band you've never heard of, and then in brackets, they're big in Germany, though. <laughs> and and, and uh, I think that just really sums up, you know, the music fan in terms of obsessive collecting. Um, I have physically wrestled out a record out of someone's hands that, you know, I mean, I had a pile beside, you know, you know, when you're flipping and you have your little pile and stuff like that. Guy went straight to my pile and just tried, tried to grab one of my records that I kind of had on. And I mean, there's a certain etiquette to collecting. <laughs> yeah. You agree with, you know, know what I mean? Etiquette. And yeah. I just kind of went, um, can I help you? You know, and he would, and he was walking away, and I was like, "Dude," and yoink, you know, like sorry. And it was, I mean, and of course, I mean, we're all such wimps. Like, we're not going to come to fisticuffs or anything. Yeah, like but when it comes it, to but... when it comes to that record or comic that you've been hunting for, yeah, and someone grabs it and yeah. y you'd already grabbed it. That's that's, that's fighting words. Yeah, that, fighting that, actions. fighting actions, definitely. You know, um, I always found. I mean, with music versus comics and stuff. Um, I think we both have the same ethics in terms of if you never ever let. The proprietor of the comic that is being sold how badly you want it yeah like you never ever ever i learned this really really in a bad way was just you know i found this one thing i was looking for a long time ago i was like about 16 or 17 and and i just went oh my god and and of course the guy just went hello and there was no price on it, it was and it was almost i could have just walked up to him like Please let me give you a lot of money for this, you know. And you don't, you, you don't do that, you know. Like you kind of go, oh yeah, I've already got five of those, but I guess I could use another one. I guess you that's know? a problem with me being friends with my comic store that I go to because he knows what I want. I should just. Oh yeah, stop but being I mean, friends. I think that's part of the collecting too, though. Is like you always know the people, like the stores yeah. that you can go to, and they always kind of. I mean, the comic store that I went to in Red Deer when I was growing up, they knew what I liked, and they ordered in stuff that they knew I would like, even though I hadn't heard of it. You know what I mean? Like, like they were actually filling their pockets, kind of thing. Even though, and, and I got a lot of enjoyment out of this stuff. Little known to me, though, I was going, I wasn't getting ripped off, but I was spending a lot more money than I, than necessary. You know. Well, it seems to me that a lot of places like bookstores and music and comic shops have to have become more professional as there are fewer of them. So it's harder and harder to walk into that store where they have no idea the value of what they're selling is. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's that great Simpsons episode with the mom that walks in with the oh, what is it? Spider-Man? No, no, no. It's the it's the um, oh, the box of junk. Box the box yeah. of junk and it's the Star Wars it? with the alternate ending. Yeah, and the stuff. alternate ending. Chewbacca is Luke's father. Like, you know, like, <laughs> oh, I'll give you. Oh, oh I'll give you thirty-five dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And I mean, yeah, this is a horrible industry that we're both obsessed with. You know, the music industry and the comic industry, but we just like to you know yeah. lap it up like kittens underneath a cow udder. You know, as, and uh, I'd like to say I'm guilty in both ends. No, fair enough. You yeah, know what I mean, no. I, I am in a certain way too in terms of comics as well. Like there are, I've got a few white whale comics out there too. So I mean, does music and comics kind of go hand in hand a lot of the time? For me, it's it's kind of for uh, for a while I stopped collecting comics, but I always st stayed with the music. So music, I think, has always been a priority with me. But there's so many music geeks out there that to be able to like, you know, get my head up there and be able to say, you know, get in the foray of who knows even more. You know, obscure stuff. Mm -hmm. Comics, I think I already have that intuitive nature of knowing the obscurities, so well, I yeah. don't have to compete I mean, for it's, it. It's, it's underground to begin with, you know? Yeah. Speaking of, we were going to talk about actual comic artists making music, is that correct? We were going to talk about that. We also have some Dan Klaus to play. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'd like to, to get that on. Okay, cool. Because they're both very short tracks. First off, uh, the Super Suckers. Now, was that Retarded Bill? Yeah. You want to play off that? This off, is a great, now, this is a smokes. great, great, great record. The Super Suckers, of course, the whiskey-drenched rock and roll band um, on many, many different labels, actually. They've been bumped around quite a bit, but uh, the, smoke of, the Smoke of Hell, they're from, they're from Texas. From and, Texas. Uh, and uh, they are... This album cover is during um, Dan Klaus's really heavy eight ball period, which you can totally tell. That's kind of looking Lloyd Llewellyn a bit too, you know. And um, like it's got well with his suits and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. but so I'd uh, say that's early at hate eight ball. We can actually find the date here, you know, and the date. How is, geeky yeah, this is on... this? We are figuring <laughs> yeah. out the era of comic. This is 1992. Ha ha, eight ball. 
Anyways, for those who can't see, I'm giving Luke the finger. Yeah, exactly. But okay. uh, anyways, no, this is a great tune. Super Suckers. Don't uh, you want to join us? You know, you <laughs> like one us. of us. This is Retarded Bill by the Super and Suckers. It's real, real quick song. Yeah. That is, one uh, of, that is one of the funniest scenes in uh, Ghost World, actually. But, uh, you know, as well, speaking of Dan Klaus. Speaking of Dan Klaus. Ghost yeah. World. Must see. Also coming out very, very soon. Art School, School Confidential. Coming Woo! out soon? Coming out soon. Well, it's been made. It's been done since October, actually. Yeah, they just keep on done. holding, holding well, the date on us. There was a showing of the, the whole movie at a New York Comic Con on the weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. People okay. have seen it. Okay. Well, People have watched it. What and are I, the reviews? Good, of course, because it's Dan and Klaus. <laughs> so, V for Vendetta is coming. Yay! I saw the ad first time yesterday, actually, and mm -hmm. holy moly! Yeah, it's it, gonna you know, be the Matrix. She looks, she looks great. Um, yeah, Natalie like, Portman. Yeah, is that who it is? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, come on. All right. Yes, it's here an hour of a show. People just saying what? What? Yeah. what? Um, anyways, oh no, yeah. This segue, the track you just played, segues into what we were about to talk about, though. That was off of Ghost World, called what is it? Graduation. Uh, the the what is it? The graduation rap by. Uh, isn't there a name? It's there. Vanilla Jade and Ebony. Oh God. Okay, lovely. But one's white, one's green, and one's black. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that a cop show in the sixties? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, um and Daniel Klaus did write the lyrics to that though, yep. correct? Yeah. And, and uh, it's off the Ghost World soundtrack, which um obviously Daniel Klaus movie, but it has a Ghost World comic mm -hmm. in it. And a lot of uh artwork and uh picture of Steve Buscemi. N not enough photos of Thor if you ask me, but Thor? Yes, Thor. No, that's her brother's name, isn't it? Yeah, Thor and Thor. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's like Leif Erikson or something. I don't know. Oh, I yeah. thought you were talking about Thor, the superhero rock star. Oh, the one that bends metal with his teeth? Yeah, that one. Oh, no, I'm not. I don't. Re I didn't remember him from the movie. Vancouver's so. Pride. You yeah. know, not good for your teeth. Hey, he's put out comic books on his uh, on his Thor persona. And you are not talking about the Marvel. No, no, I'm talking about like Frank Frazetta inspired comic book adventures of the rock thunder god Thor. So that even that even ties more. in music and comics. Yeah, you know. Well, if you want to fuck, if you want to call Thor music, I guess. Hey, hey's for horses ass bite. Hey now, hey, you're not <laughs> supposed to say that on the radio. Yes, this is CITR 101.9. Keep in mind that Luke does sometimes have verbal diarrhea. Blah. Yeah. Okay, Danny Clouds, we have a couple other things to look at here that you did album covers for. One is, let me t tell me about this. Heavens to Murgatory. Okay, it's part of this cut off because you guys cut things off. I don't know. But the whole design is by Dan Clouds. The writing on the back, it's all sub pop. Let's see, what year is this? I don't know. It's one year sometime. Now, coincidentally, this is on Sub Pop Records as well. And um, I'm afraid I don't know too much about the head coats other than the fact that they were kind of the British version of like. 
kind of the indie three piece. And Sub Pop, of course, just loved them and, uh, you know, picked them up. And I saw of, them play. And they were much more popular in North America than they were in their home country of England. Mm-hmm. And um, Nardware brought them in. Yeah, we've got them in. We've actually, they actually came and played. On Thunderbird Radio Hell oh. on CITR, and we have an actual like them in the studio playing a, a lovely set and stuff. Um, I only know a few tracks by them. I'm afraid I'm I'm not uh, you know on 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 board with most of their stuff. And then the other one we're working at here in terms of Dan Klaus's artwork is an album that everyone should own. So you ask me, it's the Supersonic Storybook by Urge Overkill. And uh, yeah, they didn't do the cover because Urge Overkill are just so damn handsome that they just had uh, a photo of their three lovely, lovely mugs. But on the back is this very Salvador Dalinian kind of uh, landscape. And uh, it's just, uh, and it says, he's giving out the clothes signature here, 1990. And um, and this is before um, UO really, really broke into, you know. You mean this super, is before Pulp Fiction? Before Pulp Fiction, yes, exactly. You know, and uh, but just a darn fine record. So there you go. You got two records there that actually are good, with good art. With good know. art. And um, we should also mention in an issue of hate of Eight Ball. I keep saying Hate Ball. Eight Ball. Well, yeah, that was the tour. The tour, tour to to force the, mm-hmm. the rock and roll comic tour. Um, there's one issue where Danny Claus goes to a party and looks miserable and stuff. I know, and that's really <laughs> funny because uh, it's actually, I think, what a lot of comic artists that do do album covers kind of go through where the guy, you instantly associate the artist with the musicians, even though they probably haven't even met in person. And this is what I wanted to talk about is like how often, how much do you think it costs a band to get an artist to, to do something well, like this? I've got, um, I brought a bunch of industrial um Basically, Dave McKeon, the wonderful artist um, at that point when he started doing these album covers, had done uh, Arkham Asylum, a couple of projects with Neil Gaiman, um, Violent Cases, Signal of Noise. And then somehow his the management for Frontline Assembly or his manager got him hooked up with doing the album covers for Frontline Assembly. Mm-hmm. And I asked, and these guys don't even know who Dave McKeon is. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you've got Dave McKeon, and now, like, one of the guys like, oh, yeah, yeah, Dave McKeon, man, look at all these Dave McKeon covers I've, I've got and stuff. Um, but it's just, you know, and he his quote on it is, yeah, I listened to it in art school. I, w- I was fans of it then. And, uh... <laughs> well, I, I mean, uh, back to the Klaus comic, actually, where the guy's just in- introducing himself to him, and it's like, hey, you did that album cover for those guys. Hey, in case you're interested, I've got, like, a really rare, obscure 7-inch by them and stuff, and Klaus is thinking, like, Jesus, let, <laughs> let me know if I care, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I really think a lot of it um, has to do with... Um, you know, yeah, like you said, I mean, they, they get a couple of bucks and, uh, you know, out of it, and the band gets to instantly look way cooler than they usually really are. Because I would definitely say that um, the uh, the good records versus the bad records are definitely, you know, far and few in between, you know, like the, the, in terms of the good ones out doing the bad ones. Yeah. Um, but Peter Bag, on one hand, it's turning to Peter Bag, you know, the Seattle artist, of course, who we mentioned earlier. Has done some good ones. He's done some fairly, fairly, really bad bands. There's a band in New York called Cursed that uh, is just not very, very good at all. I'm afraid. Um, even though I really wanted to like them because they got a lot of influences that I that I really preferred. But um, but, but that's a whole lot of suck. But there is a whole lot of suck, you know. But Peter Bag is in his own band, and the funniest that's thing is right. he was associated with grunge so much, and his band, The Action Suits, is possibly the most opposite of grunge that you could think and 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 what people don't know peter Begg is more of a bubblegum 60s kind of pop guy and i believe colin you did see him live yes oh yeah yeah it was quite fun they are they are a very fun band and the thing uh, is the thing about the, about uh peter Begg is he like he came out of this whole sort of new york and he was scene with all the punk hap was happening and yeah, he, he was listening on, to the beach boys and he i think he did a little work on the punk zine yeah well he was a, he, he was working with some of i think jd king and he did some stuff to, they put self-published some newspaper stuff mm-hmm. together but yeah you know, i mean his heart was really always with sort of this pop music he's done essays on the beach boys yep and then and, and he actually defended mike love yes. actually which you got to have some muy grande huevos to actually defend a horrible horrible non-musician republican like mike love well he's, and, and he has gone all like libertarian and stuff so yeah 
Well, it's ever since he had a kid, he's kind of... I don't think he was ever like a punk rocker he anarchist type. He was like Crumb. He was always yeah. outside of the scene that he was a part of. He really expressed but, it through Buddy know. Bradley, where um, he—it's in one of the later issues of Hate, where Buddy Bradley is like, "Oh, can we go to a bar?" And he's like, "As long as there's no live music." And and like Buddy Bradley, who you'd think the character who's vicariously through Peter Bag, who would be into seeing bands because he was into music and stuff, but really, really hated what was kind of the new scene and stuff. And any band that he represented. You know, in hate was always Leonard and the Love Gods, you know, which was apparently based on the Melvins mixed with the Dwarves, apparently, you know, and that's nice. why I pulled up the Dwarves album. Actually, we can maybe we might be able to get, hear that, yeah. but but also it's um, in the queue. when they go back to Seattle in issue 19, um, it's uh, Buddy and Jay. They're sitting around in some hipster new uh, Seattle club, and there's a guy on stage with an acoustic guitar, and I believe the lyrics are blah 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 lithium blah 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 hate my job. And and it's a guy with an acoustic guitar and a woman with an accordion with blue hair, and that kind of I think epitomizes like what the coffee house kind of scene is in terms of art was back in then. That was like 1995 when he was doing that. But, um, but the, Peter Bag, I mean, he, eventually he got into the Spice Girls. Yes. Well, that was through that his was, daughter. That was his that daughter. Was through his daughter. But yeah, but I, you know, he all he actually really loved the stuff yeah. and got into this whole I like girly the Spice pop Girls. crap. You'd you what? can't convince me on that one, but but either way, I, it's still it's still you're just trying to start a fight. It's still manufactured bubblegum pop, which I think Peter Bag is always his first love kind of thing. I mean, take, in the way that the Beach Boys were. Well, I remember hanging around back in the mid mid eighties. Uh, I know that pop that there was this whole not just the pop. There was a whole group of alternative cartoonists that I knew who were into outsider music. Mm -hmm. Like I, Daniel Johnston in the home. Yeah, they, they would get together at conventions and mm -hmm. they would like swap recordings and compare notes. People like Peter Bag and um, oh, I can't think of him off the top of my head, but yeah, outsider music and pop seemed to be really popular. Did Mary Fleener be among that crowd? Yes, I believe so. Who we interviewed here a while ago. Hmm. And I also actually I also remember um, Apollo eighteen. When was Apollo eighteen? By they might be giants released. 19... Oh boy, that was well. That's the Istanbul album, isn't it? No, uh, Constantinople. No, no, yeah. no that's Flood. Okay, so uh, Apollo eighteen is like two albums later, I think. So in that case, that would be probably about nineteen ninety four. I remember going to a, a San Diego comic book convention, and I swear to God, half the people were wearing that T shirt. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, they were a goofy little two-minute band, and keep in mind they had animation in the Istanbul video too. And is, they had you know, the, the Animaniac, or was it Animaniacs episode, which was like basically half an hour. They might be giants music. Video. Really? Oh yeah, I haven't seen that one. I didn't awesome. know that. I mean, I can. They had some great music writers. Well, on that Gary show, Panter worked on the video, I believe, for mm -hmm. Istanbul, mm -hmm. and I'm still a fan of They Might Be Giants. Yeah, you know, they're a great CD band. Because if you don't like the song, you can just skip it ahead. You know, listening to him on cassette is kind of a drag. Um, I like them live. Go... Uh, they've become so. actually quite a rock band live. So they're also in an issue of McSweeney's. Uh, they might be Giant CD, which had a page of Perswear art. Now we're I'm losing gonna... focus. Yep. Well, no, that Sorry. was music and comics. Okay, that was... we're talking. We were talking about Peter Bag. Then we're and listening I'm to the play... action suits. Yes, Fun Flies. Is this a song? Yes. This song flies. is beautiful. Okay, rock and roll. Sacrificed all of like a pig to sell. 
some god, but what of me? The lingering pain kept the memories vivid. The tree lies passion bubbling, protoplasm for synapses. My life is broken and I can't afford to repair it. She's bad for me and cruel to me and disrespectful of boundaries. CITR 101.9 FM. We're talking about music and comics and uh, and the influence in the cross sections of interest and whatnot. We are listening to Fun Flies by the Action Suits uh, featuring Mr. Peter Bag On percussion. On percussion. Lovely on little, lovely twee pop there. That was, that was pretty yeah. kitschy. No, I, I, I mean, I, when I first heard of the Action Suits, I was kind of scared, you know, because uh, it, it's like... He's just so critical of, of, of music all the time and stuff. And then I actually heard him and it's like, oh my God, it's like 1992 Vaseline's infused, you know, twee pop and it's really good stuff. There's only four seven inches that they've ever put out. And, uh, and you know, they're, you know, they're kind of cool and stuff. And what we segued into there after that was a very, very incredibly rare 10 inch that Mr. Colin, this is the first time you've actually listened to it too, isn't it? It's, and it's, yeah. It's, it's the Like a Velvet Glove cast in iron 10-inch single that came as an accompaniment to the 10-issue comic book-ish 8-ball by Mr. Dan Klaus. The serialized within it. Yes. And eventually Sorry. collected in an oversized tall book. Yeah. And one of my favorite stories. Um, the record is is odd. We're listening to it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to segue with the twee is Bell and Sebastian, um, everyone's favorite melancholy Band just uh, released a book through Image Comics, which is all people interpreting Bell and Sebastian songs into comic strips. Like their lyrics, I mean. Yeah. Oh, anybody anyway. I'd know? There's some neat stuff in it. I can't remember. I think Andy Watson's in it, but he's in everything. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of neat stuff. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty book. 
I recommend checking out if you like Bell and Sebastian or if you like pretty comics. If you like superheroes or angry comics, you don't want this. Hey, superheroes need not apply. Superheroes need not No. Um, so I just want to talk a little bit about Dave McKean because he his style in industrial music, in I, I shouldn't say industrial, I should say electronic hard dance music. Rivet head culture. It's splitting a little bit has isn't it? Yeah, well, I like my industrial. Mm. So basically, he did the album cover for Millennium by Frontline Assembly and uh, subsequently did all the Frontline Assembly album covers and the guys didn't know him. And then um, and it, he's really created the style which has been copied among a lot of other industrial bands which has kind of set up this whole look if you look at a lot of the newer stuff which is kind of trying to look like Dave McKeon's stuff and these album covers. And I've heard, like, I talked to one guy from one band, and I asked him what he thought of another band that had uh, Dave McKean. I didn't know they had Dave McKean. He was like, yeah, they, they're okay. They kind of started copying us, and then they got Dave McKean to do their album cover, so then they're copying us some more. A little territorial. But, more um, like sour grapes, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, well, it's... Yeah, they're very sour. Um, but I brought one song to play um, that Dave McKean did, an album, did art for download off the Sidewinder EP. Um, really awesome cover. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I'm showing them too. This is radio. Yeah, I'm showing it to my friends. Uh, on Network Records, it's... I guess we haven't had any CanCon, so I gotta play it for CanCon, right? Afraid so. Yeah, I gotta play some CanCon. Um, it's a little different tempo than everything else we've listened to. It's a little faster, a little harder, but it's industrial. It's the guys from Skinny Puppy uh, with no bad vocals. Did I say that? I'm sorry. Um, and then I'm going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about, kind of finish up the topic and talk a little bit about the Postal Service and Death Cab for Cutie, which have done some recent comic stuff. Um, download. Sidewinder.
ITR 101.9. That was a little harder and aggressive for our taste. Um, that was our Vancouver uh, connection. Uh, local Vancouver guys now since passed away and relocated. Um, now, Colin wanted to mention Evan Dorkin. Yeah. Well, if anybody, if you've read any of Evan Dorgan's work, you'll probably pick up the fact that the man is uh, rather obsessive about ska music and uh, a lot of references in that in uh, his uh, duplex, no, what, what was his planet? Something planet? Hectic. Hectic Planet series. Yeah. Total, totally two-tone. And you know, totally. yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of people, a lot of cartoonists are music fans, of course. Um, Jim Mafood has a huge hip hop influence. All his comics have a listed track listing of what you should listen to while reading his comic. Mm-hmm. Um, one person I'm going to get into a little bit is um, the Postal Service, uh, local indie pop darling, not local, recent indie pop darlings. Um, their album was all the pictures on it. Oh, welcome back, Luke. We're just about to start talking about the Postal Service. Have a nice pee. Oh, he wants his mic on. I had to go pee. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he had to pee. So, Postal Service, the whole, all the, uh, now you're saying it's just photos, but it's not actually photos. It's I didn't treated. say it was photos. If you first it was just photos. No, I didn't. Yes, that? you did. A while ago. Oh, I said, that's the thing, is I thought, like, that's why, I thought we were talking about drawing. Yeah, well, it's treated, it's, you know, experimental, it's, it's Al Columbia, who, um, not a lot of people know stuff because the guy doesn't do enough stuff. He did a book called Doghead, which was excellent, he did the biological show, and then he did some stuff for, uh, Zero Zero, the anthology, and he was supposed to do, uh, to follow up for Bill Sienkiewicz, do big numbers with Alan Moore, but went crazy. Like crazy peeing your pants on the bus in front of old ladies kind of crazy? Or he like finished just... uh, issue three, got money from um, Eclipse, or I forget who it was, Mad Love maybe, Mad Love, mm-hmm. um, and then tore up the record, or tore up the book, <laughs> record, I got distracted, someone's putting a record in the window there, tore it up, and uh, disappeared, and all that was remaining was a pet, like a shred from a corner. Wow. Yeah, but it's like really beautiful artwork. Um, I don't know if beautiful is the right word. Just a little uh, messed up. And it kind of tied with the Postal Service. The singer um, is in another band which some people have heard of called... Death Taxi for Beautiful. Death Cab for Cutie? That's the one. Death Cab for Stinky. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, The reason I'm mentioning them... Is I thought that, I liked music. I don't know anything it about it doesn't. at all. Like, is, uh, I don't watch the OC. Neither do I. That's my problem. God. Yeah. But huh? Jeffrey Brown, one of my favorite artists. I'm just going to keep us on topic. We're not going to talk Stay about this. Stay on target. <laughs> uh, Stay Jeffrey... on target. <laughs> this is making great radio. Jeffrey Brown, who uh, released a bunch of uh, comics about being a whiny little boy. Not whiny little boy, but a whiny guy. Um, did a video for them recently, which is on the Death Cab for Cutie website. And uh, is their featured video right now. And it's basically a Jeffrey Brown comic put to music um and i think it's like my heart is an empty place or something like why isn't this a goth band i don't know um was that bad <laughs> and we're gonna play a postal service track what track number do you want well the thing is behind you it says error 400 on the cd player so you gotta you gotta hit open and, and put close. it properly back in i don't know we can play some great heights if you want but uh, no yeah no <gasps> uh silhouettes okay we will become. We will become. And I don't even know if we'll play the whole song because we're running low on time.
Mexico. Emowitz. Ah, uh, well. Okay, we have it's a, a good record. So it's a, it, it is a good record. Yeah. You know, it's music to play around your girlfriend. Yeah, when you want to do stuff to her. Okay, Colin has a book there, the uh, or a comic there he's going to talk about. Well, I just wanted to mention that we've talked about cartoonists and music, but what about musicians and cartooning? Well, that's indifferent. No, it's a whole other can of wax, isn't it? Well, I've got an example here of a mini-comic that was actually put out with uh, the release of Electroshock Blues by the Eels. It's a mini-comic by Mr. E himself about uh, the band, his life, the tragedies therein. It's what, like a six-page little mini-comic. And... Uh, it's autobiographical, and it's actually not not badly done. Does he talk about the band in it? Oh yeah, like, talks about them, the band making music and all that. Making kind of stuff. music, getting big in Europe, and mm -hmm. using the uh, their big Brit Award as a drums in as a symbol stand in the drum set. <laughs> and uh, the comic was also reprinted in Electroshock Blues Show, which was a live eel CD that you could buy from them mm. and in concert. I don't know if it's still available, but uh, it was just, uh, I thought, an interesting example of uh, a musician stepping out into another world because mm -hmm. as a person who's, in my own small way, done both comics and music, I can tell you that the process of doing each is almost diametrically op opposite to the other. Mm -hmm. There's like, there's... Doing music is not in a band with a group of people is nothing like doing comics with a group of people. Well, comics <laughs> I always do by myself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's just a very different ex creative experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like and uh, and I should go on to say that the Eels I think are actually one of the more underrated kind of bands out there because uh, they definitely do have a following. But they, I mean, they had their one hit song, but it never really got mass. They never really got mass appeal. And they're still making music. And I saw that you have the brand new Eels record here. So keep an eye out for that, kids. Eels with strings. You know, and uh, yeah, and it's getting quite, quite good reviews, as a matter of fact. Um, it's and on, on the playlist here, isn't it? It is. It, it's yes. been added yeah. to the playlist yeah. at CITR. Yeah. Um, so probably hear some uh, of that. Another quick, we're running pretty close to the end, so I was going to mention a couple other comic and music things. Archer Pruitt of The Scene, The Cake. He's going to be here real was soon. Was here. Oh, he was already? Coming on. He did, uh, he's doing a comic that comes out once every couple of years called Soft Boy. Um, it's okay. It's funny. It, it'll take him about a minute to read. It's, it's cruel. It's from Drawn and Quarterly. It's cute. It cr cute and cruel. Cute and cruel. It made Colin cry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to finish off the show with uh, Dead Souls by Joy Division. Oh. We were going to play decades, but I felt like playing Dead Too Souls. Long. It's like six and a half minutes, yeah. So you how know, does that fit in? That fits in because J.O. Barr, who did The Crow, um, pretty much based the comic on the Joy Division album Closer. And Lovely record. Yeah. You realize Better that, than that uh, comic. like we've only managed to scratch the surface, and I mean, if you really, really want to get into it, it, it this could take a, like three months. What to about Love and into. Rockets? What the about band? Love and Rockets? The band? What about the, you know? What about Lesbro, uh, what about Adrian Tomine's uh, Weezer poster? You know, like there's all those different kinds of things. So there always will be called for a call for independent comic artists with independent music because I think the aim is pretty much the same is to just kind of get noticed yeah. so I'd like to go. thank you Luke for coming and hey, joining us thanks it's always a pleasure dude you know like it's been swell it's been absolutely swell we'll try want to go drink beer maybe one okay maybe one so Joy Division up next uh, Rhymes and Reasons uh, they're going to come play some hippity hop yeah we're just gonna boy west coast we're just going to slow it down a little